Welcome to Through Thick and Thin, a Megaloop Labs production. I'm Joe, your host, broadcasting from the 603, also known as the Granite State, where the old man of the mountain fell and has yet to get back up again. I'm joined today by Angie and Darren, very special guests, who will give hope to those who have suffered a traumatic injury and wonder if they could ever find love. And without further ado, here we go. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Hi, I'm Angie. I'm Darren. And we're happy to join you guys and give a little hope for the relationships and SEI. Excellent. And Angie and Darren, where are you from? We're from the Houston area. Um, we've uh, been together, it'll be 15 years in January the 1st. Yeah, we met on New Year's Eve. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. And you said that you're from Houston. How are things in Houston right now? It was a bit of a mess. Uh, we had a Hurricane Nicholas come through, and Darren had some um, branches down at his house that he's been cleaning up all week. Oh, a lot of work. Yeah. Hopefully no flooding. No, I, I had a little seepage in through the window, but, you know, what are you going to do? You're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And you said that you uh, met on New Year's Eve, and it will be 15 years. Do you have any big plans for this anniversary coming up? We haven't really thought about it. Um, Spend time with the kiddos. Yeah, uh, we have grandkids, so we'll probably go out to my daughter's house and uh, just bring in the new year with the little ones, even though it'll probably be early and we'll all be asleep by midnight, but it's okay. That sounds like a lot of fun. And how many grandchildren do you have? Two, a boy and a girl. And how old are they? Luca is three, and Lilith is one. They're both born in June. They're June babies. So. Oh, what fun ages! Oh, mm -hmm. I know. I know. And Angie, you were uh, in a relationship prior to this. Um, tell me a little bit about. What happened to you? Were you in an accident or was this a medical diagnosis? I fell off my horse um, back in 1987. I fractured a T12L1 uh, pretty bad. Um, I had plates and they fused the area back there, but it was a complete injury. So I've been using uh, the wheelchair for 34 years. It'll be 35 in January. And um, uh, I wasn't in a relationship at the time. I was only 21 and was kind of just working, going to school, college kind of thing. And then when the accident happened, it changed everything. I, uh, I continued going to college, but I ended up meeting the, my kid's father. And, um, three years after my accident I ended up having my son Levi and he turned 30 this year and then a couple of years later I had my daughter Haley who's the one who's the mother of my two grandkids so um, which will be 27 
Yeah, she's 28 this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he passed away in 1999. So me and Darren found each other 2006, 2007. Um, but I was a young mother when their father passed away, and we kind of made the best of it, me and the kids. Um, my son was only eight, my daughter was six when it happened. Uh, he passed away from cancer. And um, we just kind of made our way in the world until Darren found us at a New Year's Eve party at my sister's house. And he's been a great father figure for my kiddos. They love him. and. Um, we just made the best of what we were given, you know. What a great story. And Darren, were you um, part of the family? I mean, did you already know some people to be invited to this New Year's Eve party? I, <clears throat> I did. I, uh, I met her brother-in-law and sister a few years, several years before uh, I met Angie. And uh, I was home bored one New Year's morning and a friend of mine called me and asked me if I wanted to go to a party and I said uh, not really where and then he told me oh it's over Ray and Vicky's which is Vicky's her sister yeah and I said sure I'll go I'll go visit them I know those guys they were pretty fun yeah and we went over there and I met the whole family and all of their friends and had a great time and met the kids and instantly I was hooked to all three of them yeah we were hooked to you too so that is such a great story. So just out of the blue, you're given an invite, and yeah, and then the rest is history. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a lot more to go. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait to hear. And how, for your injury, and I'm very sorry mm -hmm. to hear about your accident on the horse, Angie. How yeah. has that affected your relationships over the years, and good, bad, or indifferent? Well, yes, yes, yes. It, it does affect every relationship. I remember uh, I've been talking to some people on the SCI site, and they are surprised at when a lot of friends leave your life. You know, that's just something you can't control. Some people just can't handle this. It, it, it induces a fear in some. So, uh, you know, I, I lost a lot of friends, and um, and then you just have some that are just fearless, and they they come along for the ride, they come along for the adventure, and and it can be an adventure as long as you look at it that way. I mean, uh, everybody's going to have difficulties in life, and mine just happened to be physical. And I can imagine that after your accident, your friends probably rallied around you, and they were very supportive. For a while. Mm. Well, you, it, it's and it, I don't mean to be kind of maudlin or whatever, but it's kind of the same as when a death happens. Everyone kind of comes to you in that moment of sorrow, and 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 they are like, "Oh, we're, you know, we're going to be here for you." But then, if you things don't progress, because I found out when I didn't start walking, some people were like you're not walking why not you're such a strong person i know you could get over this and it's like i can't get over the medical side of it you know when the damage happens and it's complete you're you just you can't just will yourself to walk 
And I think people didn't understand that. And so they tended to drift off after that. But it, it was the same when the kid's father passed away. Everybody was like, if you need anything, I'm right there. But in the end, it was just me and the kids kind of wading our way through until Darren came around. And, and then you have those great people like Darren that come into your life and go, I'm not scared of that. Let's do this thing. You know, we can just keep muddling through. You're happy. You're, you're living life. You're not throwing a pity party only maybe once a year I have a pity party. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, some people say they'll be there for the thick and the thin of it, and they, they aren't. So, but what are you going to do? Just move on. Yes, that's um, correct. It, it is unfortunate that some people have that attitude, but you have to understand, too, that they are now seeing life through a different perspective on how they see us. Yeah. So it's um, it comes with the territory, as they say. Yeah. And Darren, had you ever dated anybody in a wheelchair before? No, no. This is the first and the last. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And did that scare you at all? I mean, did that thought go through your mind that night that what is this going to be like? Or I don't mean to be shallow, but I love a challenge. Yeah. But I love her personality more. And that's what anchored us together is our personalities. Yeah. We see through the good. We see through the bad. <clears throat> In love, there's always sacrifice. Yeah. Without it, I don't know what to say. Yeah. In every relationship, there's always a sacrifice. Yeah, or a compromise either way. Mm -hmm. And you found that working together is the mm -hmm. best way to mm -hmm. approach that. It's the only way. Yeah. And what are, what are some of the challenges that you've had over the past 14 can, years plus? Well, can I interject a little bit? Because I know it's challenging to be with a person that's in a lot of pain. And I tend to have a lot of that neuropathic pain. Every day. Yeah. And so I know that is a challenge for the person that's looking on. I mean, we've discussed that a lot of times. And, um, uh, you know, as far as going out and doing things, we always find a way to go out and do what we want to do. But sometimes the daily grind of seeing someone having to go through the pains that we have and the stuff that we have to do is not easy. I think he would agree to that. To me, it's worth every bit of the sacrifice. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> Darren, you're a saint um, because what we do go through you really can't understand unless you're in our chair. Um, but especially the neuropathic pain, it's unexplainable to be able to have those, have somebody understand how, just how it, it feels and when and where. Yeah. Indeed. And how do you manage your pain, Angie? Well, I, I don't like medicines I've I've been in it 34 years and I've tried opioids I've tried all of the neurontins and the stuff and all of the side effects of any kind of pharmaceuticals have just really bothered my whole system um, so I, I use a lot of distraction um, I will occasionally take a muscle relaxer because I get tend to get really tight um, especially if I just need some sleep for the night. But um, 
yeah, I, I draw a lot. Uh, if anyone goes onto any of my pages, whether Facebook or Instagram, you'll see that a doodle happens every day. And just to get up and get motivated in the morning, I gotta, I gotta get it out on paper. It gets your mind off of things, doesn't it? Yeah. Distractions, wonderful. Yeah, that and video games. We do play some awesome video games. Yeah, I met her. She didn't have a TV in the bedroom. Now she's got a 65-inch TV in the bedroom, <laughs> and she's got an Xbox, <clears throat> yeah. which distracts her a lot. Oh, yeah. We go we go on playing adventures there. I'm very jealous. What uh, What's your favorite game? Borderlands. Borderlands, yeah. It's one that has a lot of special powers, so you can, like, jump high. And I I, uh, I like that extra fantasy in there so i just feel superhuman are you competitive with one another or do you play on the same team against other people online same team same team she don't like to play me oh, against me no because they <laughs> beat him and my son they used to beat me all the time when we would play against each other and i was like it, they would pick me off from afar and i'm like no 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 we're we're doing this on the same team so he'll he'll he's got my back and i got his so there you go. And you play online against other teams? Nah. Nah. Not yet. No. It, yeah, because that's, that's another... I, I live on a limited income, and um, he, you know, we, we, we cover our bills, but uh, an extra... Playing online costs more money, so... Gold card, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not cheap. They made it that way for a reason so they can make more money right right sounds like the old vcr yeah can't you can't record anymore and what else do you do as a couple uh for fun um mainly we go see the grandkids whenever my daughter needs a break with her husband and they want to go uh, out for the night we go spend the night at her house she has a room set up for me where I can get in the bed and stuff, and um, and we have fun playing with the grandkids. Uh, it, in the beginning of our relationship, my kids were teenagers, so we did a lot with them. We would go camping, we would go to the beach. Um, what else did we used to do? We used to take her to the uh, carnival. Remember that time? Oh yeah. You know, and he would take the kids on rides where I c couldn't go. Um, uh, yeah, you, you, we made it about them. My son played football, and Darren's a big football player from his youth, and um, Haley was into drama. I'm going to say she loves to watch me cook and loves to eat my food. Oh, yeah. He's an mm. excellent cook. <laughs> That's great. What's your specialty, Darren? My specialty? Everything. You have to ask her. Everything. <laughs> I, I don't... It, it, he can take leftovers and make it gourmet, I'm telling you. That's a special Specialty, talent. Uh, yeah. I love to cook lasagna. Yeah, they do the lasagna cooks and spaghetti. Make my own pasta, make my own bread. Yeah, yeah. For a while there, we were eating uh, and gaining a little too much weight, so we had to stop. Slow down. Uh, many of us listeners, including myself, are in that camp as well. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like being in a wheelchair has slowed you down one bit over the years, Angie. No. Mm-mm. And it was always no, like I, that. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, uh, I talk with some mothers of children in wheelchairs and they talk about, oh, what if my child gets bullied for me being in a chair? And I was like, are you kidding? I was super mom. All the kids loved seeing Mama Square come and then, um, you know, my kids looked at me as a superhero. So it, it, it's a matter of, Everybody can look at it in different ways. If you're going to take the tragedy outlook, then everything's going to seem like it's a tragedy. And I can't do that. My kids are flourishing in life now because I taught them to be self-sufficient, to be lifelong learners, and to um, figure something out. I mean, it, when it, you know this, it, being in a wheelchair, you have to figure out how you're going to do things. And it was always a puzzle to to master, and um, they've just became great problem solvers because of it. And you know, my kids were never bullied. It, my son became a a protector. He joined the National Guard to be. Graduated uh, from Sam Houston. Yeah, yeah. He graduated from Sam Houston, and uh, you know, my kids have just always been wacky advocates for people in wheelchairs you know my son was the first to look out for where the ramp was or hey, hey mom can you get through that door so well I think the world needs more people like your children yeah oh yeah they're great kids yeah and Angie have you always been this optimistic even before your accident <laughs> yeah yeah people I I get it from the other end uh, we were just talking about this in art class the other day uh, people will look, are you always that happy? And I'm like, no, realistically, you can't be happy 100% of the time. There are, right. There are my moments when I'm down and, um, you know, if it's a particularly painful day or whatever. But for the most part, yeah, I'm the happy one. I'm the Gabby one. Uh, if anything, you know, I, I try to shut it down because I do talk too much. <laughs> but, um no, I, I've always been that smiley face. Um, I went through high school and I was the jokester. Uh, I was five foot nine, a string bean, and um, just there to make everybody laugh. And even afterwards, uh, you know, we my dad used to joke with me about walking. And I think my dad was a big part of he just saw me as me, you know, and he didn't baby me. He didn't um, try to be overprotective. He allowed me to do things even after the chair and just, you know, he'd joke with me. He's like, oh, yeah, you just sit because you're lazy or something, you know, and some people don't understand the jokes that we do, even my kids, you know. It's like we can step on a crack. We ain't going to break mama's back no more. You know, so silly stuff that some people would get offended at, we we joke about. Um, you I have girlfriends. Humor. Yeah, I have girlfriends in the wheelchair, and we call ourselves the Cripsies because we're crippled gypsies or something. You know, <laughs> just and um, but I gravitate towards the people who um, are are having a positive energy about their life. And I try to send that out into the world because when you send out that positive energy, then that's what you get back. 
You usually do. You know, if you're trying yeah. to lure people with lemons, you're not going to get a good return. And it sounds like yeah. you have that figured out. Now, post-accident, I've talked to people mm-hmm. who really had a hard time uh, with their life yeah. right after the accident. And, you know, some people refer to it as the red pill or the blue pill. Yeah. You know, for some yeah. reason, people took the blue pill and they went down the, the rabbit hole of being yeah. depressed. And some people took the red pill immediately and never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I remember when I was in the hospital and I had friends come by and they were like, well, what are you going to do if you never walk again? I'm like, I, you know, I got to take it one day at a time. I, you know, I could have never predicted it happening in the first place. And so I've just always never, because I mean, I could have never predicted being a widow at age 34 either. You know, I was in a relationship, had two kids, and then out of nowhere, they found out he had cancer and he was gone four months later. That was the father of my kids. So that was just another step along the way for me of like, oh, you really can't predict what's going to happen. And if you sit around worrying about what's going to happen or feeling sad about what isn't anymore, then you're not going to live. And life is an adventure to be lived, not reminiscing about the past. I just can't. I can't. Darren, are you as optimistic as as Angie? Well, I'm a Taurus, so I'm bullheadedly optimistic. (laughs) That makes two of us. All right. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's something to be said for us Tauruses. Oh, I know. My son's a Taurus, too. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of truth to that. I'm a Virgo, so I deal with y'all. <laughs> and so with your relationship, you've probably had many challenges and faced all kinds of adversity. Give me an example of something that has come up that is a couple you've had to get through and how you, you know, navigated those waters. Seeing the kids move out. Yeah, yes. ours has been more that of an emptiness tough. syndrome because we uh, we enjoyed our kids. Uh, you know, they they were uh, they're so full of life. Yeah, so it energized to, you. We had to reinvent ourselves again and realize, oh wait a minute, we can do this together, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's been a learning process for us because uh, my son went to college like twenty. He graduated at 22. So from the time he graduated high school at 18, he was gone. And then a couple of years later, my daughter went off too. So let's see, since she's going to be 28, it's been a good um, seven years that we've uh, learned to be. But see, that has nothing to do with the wheelchair, really. I mean, we haven't really had adversity concerning the wheelchair um, it's kind of funny. I, I think the only adversities we've had is maybe 
just the fact that we um, don't have a lot of funds to make our house beautiful or get a cool van to drive around in. So we deal with the day-to-day -day stuff, but that's not anything that's come between us. So It is challenging, though. Uh, it really is. People struggle uh, just to put food on the table because of their injury. Yeah. People struggle to pay their bills, to you know, to pay their rent or have a nice yeah. roof over their head. Um, yeah. I think life is a greater struggle because of our our situation, and so you probably are facing that every day. Right. You just have a you're able to navigate those waters much better than other folks out there. Yeah, and I've learned to take advantage of the. Uh, people out there uh, the the uh, we have Houston centers for independent living and so I have a lot of girlfriends I stay in touch with disabled people I go to the United Spinal Association if I need any kind of information on on where to go for a caregiver or uh, if I need funding for um, something uh, Houston in Center for Independent Living is really awesome and supportive to people in our community and the United Spinal Association Houston too has given me uh, uh, the PPE and stuff like that that I've needed uh, when nobody could find anything because everybody was buying gloves and I'm like I can't find gloves anymore and uh, so you have to know how to reach out and find those resources to help you to the next place they're there um, some people don't like asking for help, but we, that's what we have to do. We have to reach out for each other. And uh, at the same time, if I have something, like one of my girlfriends needs some extra bed pads and I have some, I'll pass them on to her. So we just, uh, the disabled community is very giving and very um, supportive of each other. I've found. I couldn't agree more. I, I've seen that firsthand and that's all. A wonderful community and it sounds like you're very well plugged in and networked with a number of people in the greater Houston area do you do you mentor anybody or provide help to anybody yes I do I work with uh, United Spinal Houston we have opening arts and minds is an art program for disabled people of all ages um, we uh, we get together and we use adaptive equipment so that we can all do art, whether you have functioning hands or you don't. Um, uh, we've had stroke victims, we have cerebral palsy, uh, a lot of uh, traumatic brain injury that comes in. Our founder, Wes Holloway, is up in uh, Washington, D.C. right now getting his master's in art, but he's a quadriplegic with no hand function, but he draws portraits just using his fists and grabbing the pen between both of his fists and and drawing. It's amazing. Um, and it just takes a little practice, a little bit more patience than it used to, because I've always done art. Um, but um, we have occupational therapists that come into our classes and uh, they help uh, 
strap a pen or a paintbrush to whatever we we can and uh, we use the spasms to our benefit because they can make some really cool pictures <laughs> so there's hope for somebody like me that has very bad spasms and yeah. very limited use of really only one hand yeah yeah oh yeah it's um there was uh, a book that i read when i first got hurt about johnny erickson uh, she painted with her mouth, but um, we ha we've had people who just, like I said, we strap the pen to their hand and just try to move it around which you can. It, it's, it's good therapy, not only for your mind to get that art and expression and creative juices going, but uh, it exercises those muscles. Gary Lynn is one of our students and he's a tetraplegic cerebral palsy. And uh, we've got him going with one of his hands. He's got more range of motion than he had when, when he first started. So um, I, it's just beautiful to see people grow in that aspect and how it, it helps with their state of mind as well as exercise therapy. So it sounds like with your art, you are taking your mind off of everything mm -hmm. all the time. And would you recommend that to other people who are in a wheelchair or suffering Definitely. from a... I, I would recommend that because uh, not all of us are athletes. And I know uh, when I first got hurt, everybody was like, oh, you can do wheelchair basketball, you can do wheelchair rugby. and I'm like, I wasn't an athlete beforehand. I know I rode horses, but that that wasn't me working. That was the horse. <laughs> so I was always artistic. I wanted to learn how to basket weave. I wanted to learn how to knit better because uh, I do a lot of knitting too. And um, I just took the creative journey. And I want people to know that you don't have to be a, a super athlete just because you're in a wheelchair you can be a creative artist and that's just as fulfilling as getting out and doing laps you know i think we all have to find our calling in life right yeah and uh, like cooking too i know some uh, i have a girlfriend that she has all of her her stove is low enough that she can see into her pots she has her whole kitchen adapted to her wheelchair height and she's an awesome cook, so it doesn't have to necessarily be. I know guys that'll work on cars. There's this one who's a quadriplegic and doesn't have a lot of hand function, but he actually works on cars and uh, paints them and takes bumpers off. And uh, it's just, if you find the right adaptive equipment, you can do anything. That sounds wonderful. And I think there are too many of us that sit back and don't think that we can do much mm -hmm. because of our injuries. But it sounds like if you open the door, you can find many things right in front of you that others are doing that you can be inspired by. And what you're doing certainly yeah. sounds like it is to many people. Well, I hope, I hope this does help. Um, it, you know, I, I, I certainly want to inspire people to get out there and do something. Uh, I know a, a lot of us don't like to hear you're such an inspiration 
And to the walking, I, you know, that doesn't mean much unless I'm inspiring them to make the world a better place and more accessible, then uh, that's okay. But if I can inspire another person with disabilities to go out and make, make an adventure of it, then um, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Photography is another great thing. Yeah. I have a friend who's a photographer, uh, Speedy, Speedy, he, he goes out and, and you got to be careful because he carries his camera low and he'll take pictures of you on the sly. You don't even know he's taking pictures. But, but he takes some wonderful but he rolls pictures around when in you're a, not looking. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's captured Maria, my girlfriend Maria, many times. And um, I think he gets those candid pictures so that, you know, people aren't posing. Hi, this is Veronica, the executive producer of Through Thick and Thin. Welcome to another episode. During this segment, you will hear feedback from our listeners, and we will recognize the associate producers who helped create the show along with those who donate to keep the show going. You will never hear a commercial during this podcast. Instead, we operate on the value for value model. What does this mean? If you find value in this podcast, please contribute your time to help produce episodes, your talent by contributing artwork, or your treasures by donating. All donations go to creating an ecosystem to help people with disabilities. At the moment, we do not have feedback or donations. However, we would like to recognize Angie for the beautiful artwork she contributed to this podcast. If this podcast has helped with your relationship or you would like to make a donation, please let us know by sending an email to joe at avira.com. That's J-O-E at A-V-E-E-R-A dot com. Thank you, Veronica. Now back to Angie and Darren. Angie, how do you take your mind off of things um, outside of art and the doodles that you do? I do a lot of journaling. Um, I tend to write uh, funny pain poems, and I've uh, compiled all of the poems into a book form. Uh, I, I self-publish through Amazon. Uh, the book is called My Broken Tree of Life by Angie Square. And it has a bunch of doodles and a bunch of poems, hopefully inspirational, how to get through the pain in our everyday lives. Um, what is one of your favorite poems that you've written? What's the title of it? There's one that's called Splitter Splatter. Splitter Splatter, tell me what's the matter. Steal a tune from the moon. Laugh with the birds and whistle your words. Don't look at anyone, even when the pains come. Just a glancey, nothing fancy. That's all it'll take. Yeah, it's nothing fake. It's good for a scare. Look only if you dare. It'll make you scream, even in a dream. I ain't lying. It'll have you crying. And maybe, in a while, it'll make you smile. What a wonderful poem. That is pretty amazing. And so with your friends that are you're plugged into with your network, it sounds like you're a great friend to them. Have you seen them struggle with their relationships and because of their injury? And if so, what kind of advice do you give to them coming from 
your relationship with Darren. That just really sounds quite remarkable. Well, see, that's the funny thing is Speedy, the cameraman, he's been with his wife for his whole life. He's a polio survivor, and uh, he's caring for her now. She's got dementia. Uh, my girlfriend Maria, um, she kind of had the same journey as me where she was with the father of her children, and then now she's got her life partner. And um, my girlfriend Lydia has been with Stephen, her life partner forever. I just, the people, I, now the younger people that I try to mentor to, they're trying to find their way to relationships. I'm friends with a lot of older people and we've already kind of lived life and we know who we are. But I have a few younger people that I'm mentoring and the, they're just trying to figure it all out because they struggle. If they were born disabled, then they struggle with the break in the parent relationship because they have to become adults. And some parents don't like to let their disabled children venture out. Um, and then a lot of the younger people uh, get hooked up with people who are kind of weirdo devotees. And I have to caution them against just talking to just anyone. Um, because there are people out there that just are weird and like us for the wheelchair. I've had a few online like my slippers and stuff. So. You know, you just try to give those younger ones a little bit of hope that, you know, just keep your head on straight and and don't don't fall for anything right away. Um, it's hard to say what is the recipe for a good relationship, except that you have to be accepting of the person for who they are, um, and and just beware of those ones that want to take advantage of that. I mean, I've I've had people try to take advantage of my kindness, and um, you have to know when to cut those cords and say, oh wait, no, you're not you're not in it for anybody but you, you know. And um, I've just been lucky enough to to find the find a good one. I don't know. I don't know if it's luck or if I, I just I put myself out there and I'm me, you know. I don't know what it is. And it sounds like your friends and their relationships, their lifelong partners, they sounds like maybe there's something in the water in Houston. That's <laughs> it must be. I Either that or I, I'm just a, attracted to the like-minded people because it just seems like I find those people out. Now, I have girlfriends. I have Sherry who doesn't have a relationship. But, um, you know, I, I can't say it's any different when you're in a chair as when you're out of a chair because I have friends that are out of the chair that have the same difficulties in finding relationships. Or worse. Or worse. Be and it... I think it's just a a mindset. It's uh, because I have people who have good relationships that are walking. So I, I can't really put it as my disability helps me find a relationship. It's the fact that I I'm generally a positive person, and I uh, I think people are attracted to the light. Like you said, you know, they're they're not attracted to lemons. 
Now, sometimes I can be full of it, so that might be flies are attracted to that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that Darren picked an excellent life partner, and if you're able to be positive around other people and inspire other people, it sounds like a lot of people yeah. look up to you, and you're, you're probably a role model to many. Yeah, I, I try. You know, I was talking... Go ahead. I was talking earlier about sacrificing, and that doesn't necessarily mean me, because there's a lot of things that she cannot do, and that is a sacrifice as well. So if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah. We do it together. That's wonderful. And Darren, do you need to do a lot to help Angie out because she might not be as independent as she'd like to be with certain things? Well, I, I try, but she's always <laughs> putting that extra effort in to say, no, I can do this. Yeah, I, I'm pretty independent. Now, he, I love, he does put my chair in and out of the car. And if I need a lift, he just picks me up and puts me where I need to be. But um, as far as when we're out in public, I, my main goal is walk beside me, not behind me. And if I need that extra push, I will ask for it. I'll ask for the help, but I'm... I'm just hold my hand and be beside me. Don't, don't walk behind me. That's not my partner should be beside yeah, me. Uh, odd, oddly enough, there's a lot of walkers out there that look at us and see me walking beside her, thinking, or even say something. How come you're not pushing her? She won't let me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Do what she likes. <laughs> that truly is, and I need to come clean to the listeners too. Um, we mm -hmm. have a part of this podcast that includes art. And Angie, yes. we are so thankful to you for your contributions yes. to each episode that we have with your artwork. We're so thankful that you are able to provide that. I'm not sure how many episodes we'll, we'll have, but as long as we continue to have listeners and bring people together and to yeah. share their stories, we really appreciate what you've done you bet um i i like my little wheelchair doodles and um i just uh, a lot of my wheelchair friend have commented wow that 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 picture speaks volumes to me about the things that we have to face on a daily uh, you know from steps you know daily daily they run into these obstacles that's what they are and uh, I try to portray that in some of the doodles. And do you get so, your inspiration okay. from within or from your friends and family or both? Well, when COVID happened, I, I've always drawn. I keep journals. I, I love to doodle and just kind of scribble and see what happens. I'm, I'm real big with coloring nature and stuff. But... Uh, just before we got into lockdown, Wes, as our teacher in the art class, introduced these Zen doodles. And I took off with it. And so I started just doing all these shapes and patterns and stuff. And that kind of evolved to a point where somebody was like, hey, why don't you just draw a wheelchair? And uh, realism is not a big point for me unless it's all nature. So I, I just said, I'm going to make a Zen wheelchair a zen doodle wheelchair 
and it took off from there. So now I just take whatever circle or shape that I have and um, make a wheelchair of it and try to uh, to make that as an inspiration. And like I said, people have have responded pretty well to it. Um, I just need to know how to do my merchandising is all. <laughs> there's always a way, right? If there's a will, there's a way. Right. And it sounds like if anybody can do it, you will. Thanks. And for people who are listening, whether they're in a wheelchair or, or not, and mm -hmm. they might be struggling either with their relationship or just you know, trying to find somebody to be their partner in life, what advice, yeah. Angie and Darren, do you give to people? My advice is to reach out. It's the hardest thing to do. Uh, I know this from my own personal, I, I tend to get in a cave where I won't reach out and, and I just want to close up. But if you reach out to those friends, and it's not always easy to reach out to another disabled person. Um, I remember in the beginning I didn't reach out as much as I could have, but then I became a mother, so I was kind of distracted by motherhood. And then uh, when I, three years ago, I met up with Maria at the Abilities Expo and just getting out there and, and talking with people that understand everything you're going through. Um, it's just a relief. It's like a release. And, um, and don't put any expectations on anything. Just live and it'll find you. Um, I always found that when I wasn't looking, it found me. Uh, I'm an it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But it's true. When, when you're not looking, it finds you. <laughs> Yeah, wheelchair or no wheelchair, relationships are are a work. Yeah, they they're definitely definitely a job with each other. It it has nothing to do with the wheelchair. It has to do with the personalities. Yeah, um, I think that goes for in wheelchair or not in wheelchair relationships. Yeah, gonna have their ups and their downs. We're not perfect by no means. Right, but we make it work. And that's right. what carries us on. And I think it's because we both respect how the other person feels. We know. Uh, see, Darren and I didn't meet until we were both 40. So we had a whole lifetime beforehand that uh, we lived. And, you know, we both had our struggles. And we both can see viewpoints from the other person's side. And to be able to respect that viewpoint that, you know, because... I can be a tough old bird. I'd be like, hey, you know, let's get on with it. I can be pretty hard and mean. Like, let's do it. I can do it. Come on, you can do it too. And that's not always nice and easy for a person to hear. And I don't want to make someone feel bad, but um, I want to inspire them in a great way instead of sounding mean. So I have to, I have to back off sometimes because I can be a little rough. But... He understands that. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you both had an amazing foundation before you met. And now you have an incredible outlook on life together as a couple. And I can't thank both of you enough for 
joining the podcast oh, thank and you. being part of this to help other people out. Definitely. Yeah, you bet. Anytime. Thanks. Big thank you to Angie Square from Houston, Texas for providing the artwork for today's episode and to the folks over at Purple Planet for providing the music for this. If you find value in this podcast, please share with friends and be sure to hit the subscribe button for future episodes.